Good morning. I just want to say thank you, Ian. Um, we really appreciate your being here and you encouraged a beautiful sense of the spirit here today. So thank you so much. Our Bible reading is found in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 10, verses 35 to 45. And its title is The Request of James and John. Mark 10, beginning at verse 35. Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him. Teacher, they said, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. What do you want me to do for you? He asked. They replied, let one of us sit at your right and the other at your left in your glory. You don't know what you are asking, Jesus said. Can you drink the cup I drink or be baptised with the baptism I am baptised with? We can, they answered. Jesus said to them, you will drink the cup I drink and be baptised with the baptism I am baptised with. But to sit at my right or left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared. When the ten heard about this, they became indignant with James and John. And Jesus called them together and said, You know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. We thank God for his word, and we ask for Holy Spirit understanding. Thank you, Glenda, and uh, thank you, William. Um, yes, I think your song choice has uh, is blending in with the message. <laughs> yes, so thanks for that. Let's just let me pray. Father, as we uh, uh, as we pay attention now to this passage, I pray that you give us understanding, and I pray that the words that I say will be uh, will delivered uh, correctly and. Uh, will draw us close to you and will be the message that you want for us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I've entitled this uh, message this morning, uh, Leadership or Servanthood. And uh, so this story commences when James and John come to Jesus seeking positions of leadership or slash authority in his kingdom. And actually, it isn't recorded in the reading that Glenda brought to us this morning from Mark. Um, however, in Matthew's account of this same event, in chapter 20, verses 20 to 22, we read that it was actually the mother of James and John 
who initially asked if her two sons would be positioned either side of Jesus in his kingdom. Maybe we shouldn't be too surprised at the involvement of mothers, given that uh, in uh, John chapter 2, where we read about Jesus turning the water into wine, it was Mary, the mother of Jesus, who told the servants, do whatever he tells you. And this was despite Jesus just telling her that his time had not yet come. Mothers can be proud of their boys, eh? Anyway, let's read about James and John's mother, as recorded in Matthew. Then the mother of Zebedee's sons came to Jesus with her sons and kneeling down, asked a favour of him. What is it you want, he asked. She said, grant that one of these two sons of mine may sit at your right and the other at your left in your kingdom. You don't know what you're asking, Jesus said, which is what we had read to us. Um, can you drink the cup I'm going to drink? We can, James and John both answered. And their uh, response was the same from our Mark reading. So uh, they seemed quite positive about that. When the other disciples heard about uh, James and John's request, Jesus explains in verses 43 to 45 of our passage today that the roles of leadership in his kingdom are primarily to be roles of servanthood rather than roles of authority. We're being prepared to take on lowly tasks that have less glamour attached to them would often be more value and importance than uh, visibly glamorous roles. It's possible that this seemingly selfish request regarding James and John could have been just the catalyst for Jesus to explain to the other disciples and to us just what the true Christian leadership should look like, that it's more about serving and doing than telling and supervising. Don't get me wrong, we certainly need leaders as well. When we look at the body concept, as mentioned in other uh, sections of the Bible, we see that various parts of the body work in conjunction with each other. For example, a footballer who kicks a goal doesn't uh, just rely on their foot. Their brain tells the foot what to do and the foot attempts to carry out what the brain has told it. And so the harmony between brain and foot is crucial for success. And so the role of leadership is only attained after gaining practical experience as a servant by those who desire such a role. Have we ever been part of a team that sought to push ourselves forward ahead of the other team members? In normal circumstances, one would expect that this approach could be fraught with danger. Danger because of possible jealousy um, of the other team members who may consider that they should be in charge if anyone's going to be in charge. But there's no evidence that this is the case here. 
much better to be recommended for such leadership roles by our peers because they recognise the gift of leadership. However, apart from what we read in verses, uh, 40, verse 41, there didn't appear to be any major discontent about the request to Jesus. So we possibly need to remember that uh, all the disciples were in a steep learning curve given that Jesus was trying to prepare them for his coming death on the cross. I would think that it's probable that in spite of the discontent mentioned in verse 41, that the other disciples already recognised the leadership qualities of Peter, James and John. Actually, apart from Peter, James and John, we don't read much about the names of the other disciples. So could we assume that the other disciples were not seeking leadership roles and that this could be why there was not more discontent within the group? And given that lack of discontent, this could probably point to the fact that there was harmony within the disciples as a group and they were happy to just be part of Jesus' team without the responsibility of having a leadership role once Jesus had been crucified and gone to be with his Father in heaven. It's quite probable that James and John were ideally suited for upfront leadership roles anyway because there aren't many accounts of the in the Gospels where other than just the three of them were mentioned. I guess it's worth remembering that John wrote the book of Revelation under divine inspiration, along with other books in God's word. So if he wasn't already an upfront leadership type disciple, he certainly had future important tasks ahead of him which would separate him from the crowd. If we look at uh, a passage from Luke chapter 14, verses 7 to 11, we see what Jesus' thinking, of, thinking is on those who push themselves forward. When Jesus noticed how the guests at a wedding chose the places of honour at the table, he told them this parable. When someone invites you to a wedding feast, do not take the place of honour. For a person more distinguished than you may have been invited. If so, the host who invited both of you will come and say to you, give this person your seat. Then, humiliated, you will have to take the least important seat. But when you're invited... Take the lowest place so that when your host comes, he will say to you, friend, move up to a better place. Then you will be honoured in the presence of all the other guests. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Robin and I went to a friend's memorial service obviously some years ago unexpected heavy traffic and the fact that uh, we couldn't find a parking spot close to the venue meant that we only arrived as the service was about to commence. And if you knew Robin, you'll realise that I would not have been a popular boy 
for not having us there much earlier. So obviously, I had the leadership role that day. When we walked in, the chapel was packed. The only vacant seats were reserved for family members, which were down near the front. The family of our deceased friend were all on the stage facing the audience. As I said, it was just about to start. When one of the sons saw us standing at the rear wondering what we would do, he walked off stage, came straight up to us and said, go and sit in the family section, your family. Well, we immediately thought of this parable from Luke 14. We were being exalted and I can tell you, it felt great. Anyway, back to James and John's request to be seated alongside Jesus, except for that one verse of scripture in Mark 10, 41, there didn't appear to be any other mention of their request. So I would assume it wasn't a major issue to them. Unity is important in a team or organisation. I've always found that it's important for the leader to have the respect of the team. I'm a hands-on person and I found that when you work along as part of the team, you gain their respect and therefore achieve better outcomes. You also have op opportunities to give encouragement to the team members as they come up with good outcomes. And a little encouragement works wonders for the uh, individual, and also for the organisation. Without encouragement, how is a person going to gain confidence in their roles of service? Jesus teaches that leadership is about being a servant. Servanthood doesn't follow leadership, rather leadership follows servanthood after one learns what the task involves. If you're in a leadership role, you get more respect if you know what you're talking about. Now, I understand that not everyone who serves desires to be a leader, and that's natural. However, I believe every Christian should aspire to being a servant. There are people here at GBC who fulfil valuable roles of uh, servanthood, but have no interest in taking leadership roles. Those who have no desire to lead can still model the gift of encouragement as they function in their roles of being a servant. And given that most of those other disciples of Jesus didn't rate much of a specific mention in the Gospels, points to the fact that they may have had no desire to be in a leadership role rather preferring to just be part of the team. Now, basically, I've always been the boss. Maybe I just don't like being told what to do, eh? Most of my working life, I've employed up to 25 workers, so it's been important that I've been capable of leading those workers well in order for our business to be successful and earn a high level of respect in the industry of building all types of truck bodies. Part of the role of being in charge involves uh, imparting confidence, knowledge, 
and expectations into those who are actually going to be carrying out the required task. This then means that when the one in charge is not physically present, the task can continue. And this is what Jesus' task was leading up to as he prepared his servants for sacrifice, uh, as he was preparing to sacrifice his life for each of us as he went and died on that cross, after which he was not physically going to be with them. From the various accounts involving Jesus and his disciples, it is obvious that Jesus was a top role model. It's probably important to realise that the stuff going on here at this time was groundbreaking stuff. At no previous time in history had anyone talked about being crucified and then after three days he was going to rise from the grave and then go to be with his father in heaven. Can you imagine the questions going on in the disciples' minds as they considered ministry without their mentor? If we look in John 13, verse 36, uh, where this is a, another account of uh, the same sort of time in, in history, Simon Peter asked Jesus, Lord, where are you going? Jesus replied, where I'm going, you cannot follow now, but you will follow later on. So obviously the disciples were uh, still coming to grips with just what was going to happen. So it's no surprise to me that this little bump in the road with James and John would not have rated very high up in importance. Peter was often mentioned with James and John along with Jesus in the Gospels. And it's interesting to read from Peter's first epistle in chapter 5, verses 1 to 5, which was written not long after Jesus' death and resurrection. He says, To the elders among you, I appeal as a fellow elder and a witness of Christ's suffering, who also will share in the glory to be revealed, these shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, watching over them, not because you must, but because you are willing, as God wants you to be, not pursuing dishonest gain, but eager to serve, not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. In the same way, you who are younger, submit yourselves to your elders. All of you, clothe yourselves with humility toward one another, because God opposes the proud, but shows favour to the humble. Given that not everyone desires to be a leader, if your desire is to be a leader and you have served well in your role of being a servant, in God's timing and with the experience you've gained, you will likely be asked to use your gifting in a leadership role to build up the body of the church. 